you don't have an appointment, that that would be a great device. You walk up to the to the receptionist and you say, "Hi, I just wonder if Jess has a few minutes to to meet with me." And you know, the receptionist will say, "Are you kidding? I'm not even going to ask." You know. So, but then you say, "No, that's that's okay." But can I leave this behind for Jess? Then maybe there's a note inside, and, and maybe a, a Starbucks card inside, and maybe the note says, "Hey, Jess, let's." Let's meet or let's talk over a cup of coffee sometime. And but or let's meet for coffee sometime. But Welcome to Innovation and Leadership, where I interview uncommonly high achievers like top investment fund managers, elite special operations soldiers, startup CEOs who sold their companies for billions of dollars, pro athletes, Hollywood filmmakers, really as many different kinds of experts as I can. The whole idea is to hear how they did it and then what advice they have for the rest of us that can be applied to the organizations we're trying to grow and innovate. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. Today on the show, I've got Stu Hynek. I'm a huge fan of his book, How to Get a Meeting with Anyone, that I've read multiple times and referred to others and today we're going to be talking about that and other books and cartoonist.org and a bunch of things uh, Stu, thanks for coming on the show hey thank you for having me so can you let's do just a, a bit of a background and and your you know the one minute overview on the on Stu's career before we jump into stuff <laughs> okay sure it all started when i was sneaking playboys out of my father's dresser drawers as a kid <laughs> Believe it or not, actually, with my brothers, we'd look at the we'd look at the pictures, of course. But I was looking at the cartoons and saying, "Who are these guys?" You know, Gahan Wilson and Eldon Nadini and others. Who are these people, and how do they do this? And and so that sort of lit the lit the spark in me that I always wanted to. From that point on, I wanted to be a cartoonist. And and then as I studied marketing at USC, I wanted to mix cartooning with marketing and and ended up doing that. Had a really interesting uh, experience with with a couple of campaigns because I wanted to, I guess the the way that I wanted that to take take shape was I wanted to create direct mail campaigns for magazine publishers. They were the biggest and most sophisticated users of direct response at the time. So so that's what I was, that's, that's what I was interested in doing. And I ended up, you know, I don't know, somehow I poked through and got assignments from Rolling Stone and Bon Appetit. And they, so they hired me to create these test campaigns. And I did that, used the personalized cartoon thing that I knew was going to work. And both of them beat their controls. And it led to discovering that I could send cartoons to anyone and I could break through. And so I've had this really crazy uh, mixture of cartooning and marketing and mischief. Yeah. How long ago it was that you did your first cartoon for the Wall Street Journal? Oh, oh man. I, you know, I think it's, it's been a while, <laughs> maybe about 10 years ago, okay. something like that. And you know, I do, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, I'm not in there every day. That's for sure. So I'm in there, I don't know, you know, you could count them on, on at least my fingers, the times that I'm on or in every year, but that's okay. They they work with a lot of cartoonists and, and I'm glad to be in there. That's fun. So let, let's back up for just a minute. For people who don't know sure. what a control is in a direct marketing campaign and, and for people who haven't read the book and they don't know about your, your secret method for getting in the door, let's go over those. Sure. Well, a control. You think about statistics. Every every test in statistics is done against a control group or a constant. So in direct response, the control is the most effective thing they've ever put in the mail. And, and so when you're if you come in as a creative and you're you're creating a new campaign for them, you're you're testing against the their most effective thing they've ever put out there. And so if you beat it, then you just set the new record. If you t- like it's it's almost impossible to, to beat them or tie them, actually, because they're really, they're very effective and they test it against them constantly. So, so when I came in and, and created those new campaigns for, for the two magazines, Rolling Stone and Bon Appetit, and beat their controls, that was a shock to everyone. <laughs> I shouldn't have been able to beat them at all, but, but, but I did. It was, it was a great opening. And, and tell people about that process. Tell people how you do it. You mean like... Create a campaign or a test campaign. Yeah, and and the whole idea of you know sending them a cartoon and the 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 kind of unexpectedness. Yeah, well, well, I mean, well, so the thing actually, the thing that was most fun about all of that was discovering what I ended up calling contact marketing. And I'll hold it up. 
Um, hopefully it reads correctly, but how to get a meeting with anyone in this book. So, you know, what I discovered was, well, so I, you know, I beat the controls for Rolling Stone and Bon Appetit. And I thought, okay, this is my opportunity to break through to the rest of the publishing industry, the whole industry, you know? And so I, okay, so how am I going to do this? Well, I, I got to send something out. And, and really what I'm going to be pitching is let's use personalized, well, let's hire me to, to create your next campaign, but I'm going to be using personalized cartoons. So, you know, I had to show them what that looked like and what it, what it felt like. So I put together a little eight by 10 print of a cartoon, one of my cartoons and personalized it about the recipients. And I sent it out with a letter and the, or a note, really just a short note saying, this is the device I just used. <clears throat> Pardon me. This is the device I just used to beat the controls for Rolling Stone, Bon Appetit. But we, we really should put this to the test for your titles. And that campaign, well, the thing is when I'm, in front of a live group, and so unfortunately we can't see who's who's listening. But if I were, I'd, I'd be asking them, "Well, what do you think I got for a response?" Because look, we know that that in direct response or direct mail, they used to say that a one percent response rate was a typical response rate. And if you look at, let's say, click through rates, a lot of rate, a lot of response rates that are measured in digital marketing, they're even less. They're, they're far less. It could be you know, a thousandth of a percent or hundredth of a percent. So I'm just kind of curious, Jess, what do you think I got? Well, I know the answer to this one. So I don't think you can, I don't think I'm a good guess. <laughs> well, okay. So, you know, usually people guess like, oh, maybe 10%. I don't know. You know, some of them get really bold and say maybe 50%. But it was 100%. All of them, all of them, all of them got on the phone with me. So that's really 100% response rate to the to the contact campaign. And then all of them agreed to meet. So it's a hundred percent meeting rate. And then they all became clients. So I know it's hard to be surprised by this because you read it in the book, but, but all of them became clients that launched my business. It was worth millions of dollars. And this all came from a campaign that I, that I sent to about 24 people. It wasn't, I didn't have to reach a lot of people. I just needed to reach those 24 critical people. And so it was just, you know, I spent a hundred dollars putting out a campaign to, to 24 people and it launched my business. That was my first experience with contact marketing. Yeah. Well, give people a couple of more of the examples from the book. Sure. Well, I mean, so where did the book come from? First of all, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I used my cartoons and I broke through and I like, launched my business, but the book didn't come about until a little bit. Well, I, you know, I, I was sending cartoons around saying, well, that's amazing. Who else can I reach? And I reached presidents and prime ministers, or at least one prime minister, and celebrities and lots of C-level folks and top decision makers. I thought, well, that's pretty cool. I have a secret weapon. I can send a cartoon around and get through to anyone. But then I thought, well, wait a minute. What's everyone else doing? Because we all face this same issue, the same challenge. There are people out there that we need to meet. And if we meet them, they can change the scale of everything in our careers or in our businesses, really in our lives, but they're usually really tough to reach. So, you know, how has everyone else been doing this? Because, you know, everyone has to do it. And what I found was there's this, well, there's lots of stories, first of all. But secondly, there was this whole shadow form of marketing out there that no one had a name for. And, and, and as I, you know, the more I looked into this and the more stories I collected, the more I thought, well, okay, I've got to do a book about this. So I interviewed the top 100 sales thought leaders in the world. And I asked them, when you absolutely have to break through to someone of great importance, someone who's nearly impossible to reach, how are you doing it? What are you doing? How are you breaking through to those people? And they shared with me the most crazy stories. And I'm going to tell you that as a, as a, as a form of marketing, contact marketing, and we didn't know what to call it, so I called it contact marketing in the book. And so as a form of marketing, contact marketing produces the most bizarre metrics and they're really almost, I mean, it's almost heresy to even talk about them. Marketers won't believe it, just especially direct marketers, because they used to say that 100% response rates were absolutely impossible. But, but you know, they're not. They're, they're not only that, but the, I mean, I experienced them several times. And as I started talking to other sales thought leaders, I discovered, well, it's really not all that uncommon to hit 100% response rate. And in fact, the highest response rate that I know of to a, a contact campaign is a something like a little over 300%, which means people were so taken by what they were given or sent 
or the way that they were connected, well, really it's what they were, were given in this case, that they kept it around, they kept it in their pockets and then pull it out and they'd show it to everyone and people would experience it. They'd say, that's so cool. Who is this? I want to write their number down. And they would respond to the campaign too. So, so that's one, and that's, that's one side of it, the response rates. The other side is ROI. And the highest ROI that I know of to a contact campaign is now 69,500,000%, which is a number that's really kind of hard to wrap your head around. So I, I want to put some different numbers on it. This was a campaign that cost the, the, the campaigner $28 and it produced a $20 million result. So, geez, you know, when I'm saying that one meeting which, can change everything, that that's really true. Yeah. What did they do? What did they do well, for 20 one, bucks? That, so that was, that was, that was a little startup called Aura Brush. So Aura Brush was, is a tongue cleaner and, and the, you know, the, the, the inventor of it, all he knew, well, he's a dentist in, in Salt Lake City. And what he knew is that he wanted to, he wanted to make it the, the biggest selling tongue cleaner in the world. And so we hired First, he, he hired a fellow who is a, a, a former Procter Gamble product manager. So really very staid, very clever, but very staid marketer. I mean, a very traditional marketer, marketer, I should say. And But then he departed from all that and hired three young guys from, I guess, Brigham Young University. And these guys were really, really inter- interested or really inter- in, into making videos and putting them on YouTube and selling stuff. So they said, sure, yeah, we can help you. And so that's what they did. They came up with a spokesperson, um, a big, a, a, he was just a big tongue. And so, and they made these YouTube videos about the big tongue. I forgot. I don't know what they were called, the spokesman, but about the big tongue and about keeping it clean and, and bad breath and halitosis and all this stuff, all these things that you needed to, to be, to, to know about, to use a tongue cleaner. And they ended up generating about a million dollars in sales through these YouTube videos that led to a, a, to a web page, an e-commerce page. And that's pretty cool. But then they got to like, okay, where are we going next? Let's, I know, let's get into Walmart. So they sent in their, I don't know, their, I don't know what you do, get into Walmart. I guess you probably send an, app, an application to their purchasing department, which we can just imagine is a big, huge dead end, right? I mean, everybody's trying to get their stuff in Walmart. So you're going to, you're going to go into a very crowded channel if you're applying there. And that's what they discovered is was not going anywhere. And, and so they got pretty frustrated and the young guys, unbeknownst to, to Jeff, the CEO and then, and the founder, they decided to do something about it. So they put together a little ad, you know, they're, they're about, I'm making it too big, but they're about that big, you know, it's the one by two inch ad in, in Facebook. And they had their spokesman for the spoke, really the spokes tongue from the YouTube videos and a little headline that said, Walmart employees have bad breath. And then a little copy that said, but, it, but they won't if they carry the, the, the aura brush tongue scraper and, well, so within 48 hours, they heard from Walmart. They heard from, not from the buyers, but from the communications department. They're asking, is this you? Did, are you the guys who put this up? Oh, yeah, we, we are. Well, would you take it down, please? Sure, we'll take it down. Mike, was that running Was that running nationally? I mean, is that an ad that you just ran everywhere? No, 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 no. We ran that just to you. We ran it. We, well, how did you do that? Well, we selected the Bentonville, Arkansas zip code where you are, and we selected for education. So basically, we'd selected for you and for the executives at Walmart. Wow, well, you guys are pretty good digital marketers, they said. And yes, we are. Well, before they knew it, they were then referred to or connected to the dental products buyer. And the dental products buyer said, well, this is a pretty cool thing. Okay, can you support a, an order for 735,000 units? Sure. They had only sold a million dollars worth of units before the whole year before this was, a, this was an order for a million and a half dollar purchase of, of, of units. So I'd asked Jeff, Jeff Davis is his name, the CEO. I asked him in my, in, when I interviewed him, well, Jeff, you know, you, you're a startup. You've been around for a year. You've sold a million dollars worth of product, which is remarkable. That's great. And then all of a sudden you get an order for a million and a half dollars, like more than, you know, 150% of your previous order, I mean, of your previous year's production. And you're going to be rolled out in, in all, I think it's 6,800 stores in the Walmart chain. So you're going to be rolled out in Walmart. What did that do to the value of your company? And he said, well, yeah, I mean, that, 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 that 10x the value. And so if we were, if we just said, okay, twice, 
um, twice sales, twice the sales we just done. So we were a $2 million company going into the phone call and a $20 million company coming out. So that was the story. <laughs> All from a little Facebook ad. That's <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. Actually, one of my one of my friends worked on that video, the tongue video, some of the tongue videos back in the day. Oh. And they had like they were pretty funny. They had this giant mascot of a tongue playing like tackle football yeah. with kids. <laughs> like tackling kids. And it's just like <laughs> It was just so novel and hilarious and then all the kids getting up on, on the end, but it's just like, it was unexpected. It was so funny and I got them their start. Right. Well, tell it, tell us another story. Tell us one of the other ones with, as you're doing this, that you found out that somebody else was doing that, that impressed you. You know, another one that I loved was I, I interviewed Dan Walshman. So Dan is, he's, he's one of the top sales bloggers. He writes the blog edgy conversations and and he's also an extreme athlete. So he's got, I don't know if you know Dan as well, but anyway, Dan runs hundred mile races and wins. It's like, I can't even, I can't even imagine doing that. <laughs> but anyway, he's an ultra competitive athlete. And, and so that's his personal brand, knife's edge, sort of sharp edged, um, ultra competitive kind of, kind of guy. And his, but his regular business is, is he's a turnaround specialist. So you can't just buy a list of let's say CEOs of companies that are in trouble, you've got to sort of do some watchful waiting. And so what he does is he, he's watching the, the, the business news every morning, looking for stories of missed earnings estimates. When he finds one, he has a sword made up and I happen to have his, one of his swords. So this is, this is what he sends. He sends a sword and these are made by the prop maker who made the swords for all the movie um, gladiator or for the movie gladiator. And so he has the sword made up and, you know, and it has the CEO's name engraved on it and, and a, an inscription. If you're not all in, you're not in at all. It's one of his, his inspirational inscriptions. And then he puts it in this beautiful wooden box. Well, I mean, it's a nice pine box, felt line box with a handwritten note. And the note says, dear Jess, look, for example, if you were, if you just had a missed earnings estimate and he was sending it to you, the note would say, dear Jess, business is war. And I noticed you lost a battle recently. I just wanted to let you know, if you ever need a few extra hands in battle, we've got your back. So, you know, the thing that I love about this story, a couple of things that I love about the story, it's so audacious for one, because every time he sends one of those swords, every time he has one made up and sends it, it's a thousand bucks. Wow. You know, a thousand bucks per effort. The direct mail was nothing like that. It was like pennies, you know, plus postage. So a thousand bucks. I love this form of marketing because it's so audacious. But another is, if you think about it, he's just, he sent a sword. It's in a nice box, felt line box, but with a handwritten note. So there's no logo on it. There's nothing, there are none of the trappings that we normally think of for branding. But there, but it really, there was huge branding in it because he was so confident in what he was saying and what he had to, and what he was sending that he didn't need his logo and he didn't need his, his, his business card in there. All he needed to do was send a handwritten note. And, and again, it's just, it's just huge confidence and audacity. But here's the thing. What Dan is doing, I mean, if you think about also about a sword, it's not a gift, really. It's a visual metaphor. So all of this, all of the audacity and the, and the sword, all of that was a visual metaphor and a demonstration of the audacity that he's going to bring to the, to the assignment. If you hire him as, as your uh, turnaround specialist, that's the way he's going to handle it. Look at how he thinks. And really, that's a big part of contact marketing. We really want people, as a result of being on the receiving end of these campaigns, to just say, oh, my God, who is this? I love the way you think. I've got to, I've got to meet this guy. So, so that's what we want happening. We want people to just say, who is this? I can't wait to meet this person. We, this is, we need this kind of thinking in our, in our company and in our team. And so they just pull you and they can't wait to talk to you. So that's, that's another great example of of contact marketing. There's so many really that we could go, we could go on and on. Yeah, no, stories. I love them. I think they're, I think right. they're fun. You know, my, my friends, Jeff Rust and, and Logan here out here in Utah that run a company called uh, trust. It's like a CEO club for fancy CEOs. Right. And they, they're so into the book. They're the ones who got me into it, but they'll like, when they're trying to get a new CEO to join, they'll like go through their social media and find out who's their favorite sports team. And they're like, They'll try and do something really personal to be like, you're not just to like to say like, Hey, you're not just a number to us, you know? And they'll send them, they'll send yeah. them gear from their, from like 
you know, from the CEO's favorite sports team and they'll invite him to this and they'll, you know, kind of no strings attached type of stuff. And, and I'm not surprised that they do so well is it's personal. It's not like anything they've received before. It's novel. It's novel. It's valuable. It's flattering that somebody cares about me enough to do something that's obviously very personal to me because I'm not sending this sports team gear to everybody. It's not, you know, it's not even Utah stuff. Right. And it, yeah. it's, I think, especially, I mean, I've heard about stuff like this. People do like a Wells Fargo proposal and they'll send it over in saddlebags or Domino's pizza proposal. And they'll have somebody dress up in a Domino's <laughs> pizza uniform and get one of their hot pizza boxes and go deliver it that way or something. Right. When they're trying to land Domino's as a client. Beautiful. Yeah. But, but when, once I read your book, I realized like, man, there's people who have put a lot more thought into this than I ever realized. And, uh, and so I kind of tried to collect stories and think about it and like really observed it since because like you said, like if you can get the right client, I mean, this doesn't work for everybody. If you're selling cell phones, selling one more cell phone doesn't make as much sense. Right. But if you can, yeah, yeah. if you can land one corporate account, I mean, that was, that was one of my jobs when, before I was on mergers and acquisitions for Citigroup, I was newlywed. We moved to California just for the surfing, figured we'd find a job when we got there from Canada. Okay. Had it had one month of an, a studio apartment rented in advance. <laughs> and, uh, and I got a job at a business, like selling business to business cell phones for the cell phone uh, store. And do you know the Montage Resorts? Have you heard of Montage before? Kind of like... No, no, I don't they're know. They're kind of like Four Seasons. They're like hoity-toity, like hamburgers are $25. Oh, nice. Kind okay. of place on the beach in Laguna yeah. Beach, you know? And, you know, yeah. I got one... And Laguna is it all too, by the way. <laughs> uh, Actually, you know, but they're different. Getting the, like, as a 21 year old kid, getting the construction crew that's building these, you know, resort that's, you know, tens of millions of dollars to buy all their phone, you know, setting up a corporate account through me. And I just, they, I mean, they call me every other week. Hey, we need more phones. We need more phones. And there, there are those times where one, you know, one major client or a small handful of major clients, like, can make your year, right? As an entrepreneur or salesperson. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, I mean, you know, think about how central meetings are to, to our lives. And really, whether you have the word sales in your title or not, I, if, we can't, if we can get the right meetings, we can make a lot of things happen. If we can't get any meetings, nothing happens. So they're really central to, to just adult life. You know, you've got to be able to connect with people. Yeah. And, and, and if you can connect with the right people, everything changes. Yeah, no kidding. Well, one of the things that I think is interesting, you know, I, I try to group my shows and then release them through the week. So, you know, today I think I had seven, seven episodes scheduled for today, right? So in my seven hours of podcasting, I'll do on a day like this. It's fun for me to see like the similarities between different guests. And, you know, this morning we had a, a guy on who was a former speechwriter for Bill Clinton at when he was in the White House. And he wrote a book called Shortcut about analogies. And... It's interesting, you know, as I read your book and I hear your stories and stuff, how many times the gift or this attention getting novelty thing has a direct analogy to what they want to have the meeting about or, you know, like it's not it's not just something random. Mm -hmm. Like you don't just like there it's it's almost yeah, like it's not just the gift. thinking behind it that's what matters, right? Yep. Yep. A absolutely. I mean, like Dan's Dan's sword is I mean, nobody's waiting, sitting around waiting for a sword. It's not, it's not, it's nothing that anyone has an affinity with. But the sword is so cool because it's a visual metaphor. I'm going to bring very fierce, you know, uh, a fierce engagement here for you to. I mean, I'm really going to be fighting on you. I'm going to be on your side, fighting with you against this problem. Or, or here's another one, one of my favorites. So this guy, I love this guy. A great visual, but nobody's waiting for a cup, a spilled cup of coffee either. You know, but, you know, and it looks so real. I mean, the, the, other than that, I'm holding it up in the air. It's so darn realistic. What does it say on it, Steve? Oh, it's Bruce's, my, 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 one of my coaching clients' contact information on it. Okay. So this was originally thought of as a, as a drop-off device or a drop-by device. So let's say you're dropping by somebody's office and, you know, at the front desk and you don't have an appointment. That That would be a great device. You walk up to the to the receptionist and you say, hi, I just wonder if Jess has a few minutes to, to meet with me. And you know, the receptionist will say, are you kidding? 
I'm not even going to ask, you know. So, but then you say, no, that's that's okay. But can I leave this behind for Jess? And maybe there's a note inside, and, and maybe a, a Starbucks card inside, and maybe the note says, "Hey, Jess, let's let's meet or let's talk over a cup of coffee sometime." And but or let's meet for coffee sometime. But but the other thing is that that's a visual metaphor for loss or risk mitigation. Or you know, I mean, it's great for insurance, for example. Well, because when it- your coffee spills, you're not going to drink it. And for anybody who's replace it. Yeah, for anybody who's not watching the video here, maybe they're just on audio only podcast. What Stu is holding up is a, is a very realistic looking coffee cup that has I don't know, is that like a gel? What is that that's coming out that's that's solid but it's looks a, liquid? It's, it's, it's plastic, I guess. Just but really it just shiny like plastic, coffee. huh? Yeah, it's it's like a gag. It's like a joke. It looks like spilled coffee cuz I can just see you leaving that on somebody's papers or on somebody's desk. Right, and yeah. they show up. And, oh yeah, and they have that instant oh, no. like ah <laughs> type of feeling, like <laughs> yeah. you know another another guy we had on the show had, this week must have been political week. I had uh, Philip Stutz on uh, a couple hours ago, and he's been a part of fourteen hundred successful political campaigns, including three presidential campaigns, three winning presidential oh. campaigns. Yeah, and he just he talked a bunch about like you've got to cut through the noise. Like you have got to do something that, that slices through the noise because, you know, it's like the information overload age. Like we just, you know what I mean? There's so much it's, it's good. Isn't good enough. Like it's got to be something exceptional that, oh, yeah. that really speaks yeah. to somebody yeah. to, to get through. And what's funny is like, I feel like the methodology you've, you've made so successful is like kind of throw out the window what anybody else does or how much something should cost or not cost or, you know, like you look at what it costs you yeah. to print a cartoon and it's not, it's not a thousand, it's not the same as a thousand dollar sword, but it can have the similar effect. Right. And what's interesting yeah. is, is yeah. what he said is cutting through like crazy right now. He says top three things that are working right now are reviews, like five-star reviews, like, you know, trust building trust. Of course, now I can't remember what the, what the second one was, but the first one that he mentioned <laughs> is humor. Oh no, the second one is comparative oh, advertising. Man. So like they ran a thing with they ran a thing with the athletics company that was like they make like high-end gym gym clothing and it was like this whole like don't buy your clothes from a shoe company kind of thing going after the Nike's and Adidas and you know and it was you know really kind of put a stake in the sand kind of a thing of like we're you know we're specialists. But he says humor is just crushing it these days and it's funny that tongue ad you talked about for the aura brush guys, right? You know, we've had people on this show, yeah. these guys, the Harmon brothers that they, they make some of the funniest videos. Like one of them is called fiber fix. And they like have this guy dressed up like a redneck. And he's telling you all the reasons that there's like this super tape that's way better than duct tape and can hold stuff together. Why you need it. But he's just, he's making so many hilarious references that my wife showed it. It came out like, I don't know, Thanksgiving some year. My wife showed it to so many people that she talked herself into buying that stuff as a stocking stuffer for all of the brother-in-laws in the entire family, you know, and send it to, oh, all the, to her brothers and these people. Cause it was so funny that she was bringing it up so much that she indoctrinates herself. Right. And so to me, not just cartoons, <laughs> yeah. but like the, the humor of, Hey, this is the guy who does cartoons for the wall street journal or so-and-so. Right. And then the personalized aspect to it, like, the novelty factor plus the humor to me, I think is, is that genius yeah. thinking. Well, you know, I, thank you. And you know, I guess you meant me, but <laughs> yeah. so thank you. But well, here's the thing, you know, I mentioned sending cartoons out a little eight by 10 prints to, to the circulation directors to get in, to break into the magazine publish, publishing uh, um, business at the very beginning of my career. So the thing is, those have morphed. And now they're, they, I, I use them as in these big, I can hold one up for you, but no one will see it. So it's this 18 by 24 inch, quarter inch thick foam core board. And on one side, it has a cartoon about the recipient. And on the other side, there's branding and a message from the sender to the recipient, essentially asking for a meeting. And but the, the fun part is that the sales reps will call ahead so let's say you're sending it to a CEO and you want to connect with that CEO. So you'll call and and you'll talk to the to the assistant to say, "Hi, my name is so and so, and I'm calling because I'm sending a print of a cartoon by one of the Wall Street Journal cartoonists, and it's about your boss." 
Well, usually the assistants are saying, wait, what? Really? Yeah. So look, here's the thing. I, you know, I want it to be a surprise to your boss, but not to you. So would you mind if I send you an email and I'll just send you all the details and, uh, and I'll send you my contact information. No, 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 no. Oh, here's, here's my, here's how you spell my name. And here's, the, here's my email address. Yeah. Thank you for sending that. So that goes out. Then a card goes out with a cartoon about the, about the assistant, about coffee. And you could send a coffee card. I mean, you know, a gift card and so on. But it's another funny little cartoon. And then, then, then they'll send an email out with, with the FedEx tracking information as soon as they have it. So they've had four touches with the executive assistant before the, the big board ever arrives. And by that time, that assistant is, she's usually she, often she, is quarterbacking that, that campaign internally. That, that assistant is going to make sure that the executive sees your big board. And that's cool because then the big boards end up on the office. I mean, I'm sorry, on the wall or, I mean, they're never going to throw it away. It's a cartoon about them. Well- you know, for, for the people who are going to watch as it's not them. Yeah, right. I love how you recruit them with that. You know, for the people who are on video, do you have one of those handy? I would like to see one of those because all yeah, I've done yeah, is read about them in the book. So here it is. It's pretty big, right? I have to yeah. back way up to show you. And, you know, it's personal. I mean, the caption, I don't know if you could read it, but the, the caption is personalized with the recipient's name. What does that and one say? There's branding. Oh, okay. This one, let me see. Let me translate it. So, so if it, if I was sending it to you, she's saying just just Larson says you can tell a lot about a person just by looking at their podcast. Podcast is also a variable, but so Jess Larson says you can tell a lot about a person just by looking at their podcast. I tend to agree. And so, for people who is. can't see the cartoon, so if you were, can you describe the cartoon to them? It, yeah, it's two women having coffee, and one of them sort of gesturing with her hand because she's just almost lecturing her friend. I guess she's, she's making her point emphatically that, you know, let's say if you were in the pool business, uh, then that is also personalized in the caption. So then she'd be saying, Jess Larson says you can tell a lot about a person just by looking at her at their pool. I tend to agree. So that's cool. If you're in the pool business, you'll be, business, you'll be saying, okay, this is really, who is this? Who sent this? And so, and then as I mentioned on the back, there's branding and a message from the sender to the, to the recipient explaining who they are, what they, why they want to meet and next steps. And then it, it gets sent in this cardboard outer packaging. And so if, for those of, of you who are not seeing this, it's this corrugated cardboard packaging with cartoon art all over it. So it looks like something that's coming from a, from a cartoon art gallery and the FedEx tracking information or the bill go, air bill goes right there and you open it up and there's some, crush zones and it protects it and it makes kind of a it makes it into an event because when you i you know i've carried those packages around like maybe i'm at the post office or something with it people constantly stop you and say wait what is that thing so you know it's i know it's having the effect then that that it should when it you know when it shows up and when somebody's when the mailroom guy is carrying the carrying the package through the through the office they're going to be saying what's what's that where's that go who's is that so that's cool. I mean, you want always, you want to, as, as your earlier guest said, you want to cut through the, through the noise. You just want them as a result of your contact saying, I don't, you know, I don't know what it is about Jess, but I'm just so impressed. I love the way Jess thinks. We've got to meet him. We just, we've got to meet this guy. And, you know, the, the, the trust group that you mentioned, or trust group, who have all read my book and they're using the, I love hearing these stories. Those are the best stories for me. Someone read the book and they're, they're profiting from it. That's great. So, you know, they're, I'm sure they know as well that when they send this, when they do these things, the person on the other end of it is just more than just appreciative. They're just saying, I like you. I don't even know if they, I don't even know if they realize they're saying this. They're just thinking, I like the, I like you. I love the way you think. You know, who are you? We got to meet. We got to hang out. What a great way to start a contact. The other thing too, is you think so often, like, you know, I got this message on LinkedIn the other day about so-and-so wanted to include me in their annual business awards for their magazine. And like, at first I was flattered until I realized, oh yeah. And they probably want you to pay for that. Right. This is, this, this is probably one of those. And then all of a sudden it's almost like, it's almost worse than if they just hit me up you know, with nothing, right? Cause it feels like a bit of a bait and switch. You know what I mean? Right. You and, don't want to do. Yeah. 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 You're right. And like, they're like, you're there's right. such you significant strings attached. Yeah. There's such yeah, significant strings attached. Right? Yeah. So what I love about yours yeah, is like, 
this philosophy and like to me i think it's so great that you've enlisted the assistant right and made them feel like they're in on the joke they're in on it they they get a little bit of ownership over it right what a high probability of having them receive that package at the right time somebody's not handing them to that in the middle of a meeting when they're supposed to be paying attention to somebody else you know like right yeah Yes. I, you know, I've seen, I've seen the cartoon, the, my cartoons come through during the meeting with the person that I sent it to. So their assistant has walked in and said, Hey, you got to see this. <laughs> and, well, like I couldn't have paid her. To, <laughs> I couldn't have paid an actor to do a better job. Than, That's than too that. funny. So yeah, you're right. There are these really great, wonderful interruptions and that's what we're doing. We're interrupting people anyway. I mean, they weren't waiting to hear from us. So you got to interrupt them in a way that, there shouldn't be strings attached. What a horrible way to do it. When people see that, they're just saying, you've just completely shredded your credibility if you're going to do that. So don't do that. But you know, like sometimes people will send half, what I would call half a gift. So they'll send a remote control Ferrari model or something like that. And then the note that goes with it says, well, I've got the, I have the controller. And so I'll bring that in when we meet, <laughs> which is like, I don't think it. I don't think it has quite the right effect. Although uh, there may be listeners among your your audience who are saying, "No, hang on a second. That's how we do it, and it works." I don't know, but I, I do think that you, you've got to just really get got to think this through. And I guess it's just sort of thrilling them into uh, into meeting you. I guess that's sort of what it is. One way, anyway. I mean, another is is we're, well, look at what we're doing. We're we're doing an interview. We're spending an hour together, probably, and this is a really it's a, it's a, it's, we're, we're bonding. I mean, you know, this is a great experience to hang out and, and, and tell your story, you know, but what a, what a wonderful experience. Well, that also is a contact campaign. And I know, I know you know that because you've created a whole Rolodex, new Rolodex of people that are your contacts through these, through these interviews. And you've interviewed some really, really impressive people. What a Rolodex you have. And I'm sure you'd agree that you could call them up at any time and say, hey, this is just, and I had a question. If I wanted to sell this to your company, who would I talk to? Right? I know you could do that. Yeah. You know, what's funny is to, to greater and lesser degrees, depending on how well I connected with them on the show, right? And depending like how fancy they are and how many other people they have demanding their time kind of stuff, right? There's, there, there are some variables, but I've made some really genuine friends this way. We've we've hired people who've been former guests. Some former guests are clients. Some of them are investors in our real estate funds. And it, it has been like this epic, like, you know, side door way to get in with somebody who's not going to take a cold call, right? And, and it's way more fun. You know, you're, you're providing value. You're still, whether, whether it's handing someone or sending someone a cartoon or a, a visual metaphor that uh, we hope makes their day or, or, handing someone an opportunity to, to tell their story or handing them an opportunity to, to, to gain some new insights. All those things are really, they're, they're really valuable things. And so, you know, I, all of them create pretty much the same effect. I mean, they won't be laughing about having, having just done an interview, but they'll still have that very warm feeling and that they're going to want to keep, they're going to want to know you. And, and, and that's, that's it. I mean, just, it helps open when it opens a door, it doesn't just do it in a cold way. It's not cold calling if you send someone a, a contact device first. It it usually is a very warm call. And that's that's kind of a miracle or a, it's a secret it's like a superpower. Yeah, I will say this, like, you know, I started off my career in sales, got my first sales job when I was fifteen. In my early twenties, I, I I worked at a sales training company that taught people how to do cold calling. Okay. Like I I used to make 150 calls a day, you know, like I've played that game, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. comparatively in this, like I have my team reach out to people who are generally trying to get attention for something. You know, they're the CEO of a company. They've got a book out. They, they're trying to save the orphans in Africa. Like literally, you know, like they're doing something that they need support. They need PR and they're probably paying a PR agency to try and get them placements. And we reach out and say, Hey, we'd love, you know, we think you're so great. We'd love to profile you. You wouldn't believe how many times I get like, well, is there a cost attached or how does that work? I'm like, no, no, we just really believe in you. Like we want you. And that like no strings attached. It's, you know, it's probably somewhat flattering for certain folks to feel like, Hey, they actually care about me, you know? 
And it's a great way to start a relationship, I feel. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, I'll just share with you the, the reaction I had when your, your producer reached out. First of all, a producer a producer's reaching out, and that's already differentiating, <laughs> you know. And then I went to your page, just saying, wow, I don't, I don't even know. I wonder if they have the right guy, because, I mean, I don't know that I qualify, <laughs> you know. You've interviewed some really impressive guests. So that's also, you're paying them a compliment. I belong on the same page with these people. That's pretty amazing. Oh, great. Let's go do it. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm glad it had that effect. That's what I hope. You know, the thing that's also nice is, you know, right now I'm doing these five days a week. We might go to, we might go to seven days a week. Right. And so I don't need a win out of these. You know what I mean? Like, it's so comfortable for me to just see like if I yeah. really connect with them as a person and if they want to stay in touch afterwards and you know, like I'm not, I'm not here to get them. Right. I just have a fun conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I get like free consulting advice, which is great for me. They get a chance to, to spread their stuff to a new audience, hopefully. And it, it it's allows it because I do this so often, it allows it to be very organic of like, I don't have to force it. I'm not, you know, I don't need every guest to become my new best friend. Right. And so, yeah. so yeah. some, we really connect and stay in touch and do new projects together or, or I buy they, their stuff or they buy my stuff or, you know, right. And I, it, it allows it to be pretty organic and just maybe simulates real friendship a little more because the only agenda I have is a, to, to have them share something that my audience can actually improve their business or whatever they're doing and B to get them some attention for whatever they're doing. And that is so easy to achieve. You know what I mean? And like, as long as that happens, yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. Anything beyond that is the bonus. It's just, there's nothing to resist yeah. against. Yeah. You know, they don't need to pull back from anything from me because I'm not, I'm not the shark trying to eat them. Right. Like a typical salesperson. Yeah. And there's no bait and switch, you know, which there often is and so many things in life. There's none of that. So yeah, you're building credibility and, and, and building a, a, a Rolodex that is, for those who don't know what that is, you know, yeah. I mean, a, a network <laughs> a big names of list. people that, uh, yeah, in other words, yeah, well, listen, database. Uh, I want to talk about the other books. Before we do, tell us just one more quick story of, of somebody else's contact marketing that, that uh, you like. Sure. Well, God. Okay. So, so I was giving a talk in Florida and I said, you know, so it was a live talk in front of a group. And I said, you know, before I get started, I'm sure that there are stories in this room that are, that are just incredible. And so, and so I just want to ask, does anyone have a surefire method or a story of using a method for, for breaking through to someone of great importance? And uh, you look around, nobody wants to raise their hand at first. And then, and then one guy, Rick raised his hand and he said, well, you know, I look, I don't you're going to kind of, you're going to think this is kind of a silly story, but, but I said, no, tell it. I said, oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm in commercial real estate and, you know, I, you know, of course they call on a lot of people and there was one guy that he wanted to call on. He wanted, he's an, a real estate investor and he wanted to get his business. So he kept calling and the receptionist kept repelling him and dropping his calls. And so on. he'd stop by and the receptionist would shoo him away and said, no, he doesn't have time. And Every, he tried everything he could think of. Though he was sending things and calling, and um, I don't know if he was faxing, but he was he was just doing everything he could think of to break through, and and it just wasn't working. So one day he noticed that the guy's birthday was coming up the following day. So in that that next morning he went to the bakery and he had a he bought a nice cute little cupcake and had him put a a birthday candle in it, put it in a nice little bakery box, and he dropped by with the box and the receptionist was all ready to shoo him away. And he said, no, 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 listen, it's Bob's birthday today. I'm just dropping this off. And so her, she opened the box and her face went from a scowl to a, a smile. And she said, that's so nice. Hold on a second. Let me see if he has a few minutes for you. So she disappeared <laughs> in the back room, came back out with Bob. And Bob said, you know, I'm so sorry. I've been so hard to reach. Come on back and let's, let's talk. Let's talk business. Tell me what you do. And he walked out of there with a $200,000 deal from a cupcake. That's a pretty good return on investment. My, so, you know, I may not be the invest, best investor in the world, but I'm pretty sure the ROI on that's pretty good. You know, I I put that in the beginning of my book. I'm gonna see if I can find it because I I just it was yeah. Divide two hundred thousand dollars by the cost of a cupcake, then multiply by a hundred. I get a five million percent ROI. 
it's incredible. That sometimes they're fun. And you know, I don't know if it's repeatable, but but of course it is. You figure out when everyone's birthday is and drop that by. I'll bet you'd get a lot of great reaction from that. So it is a repeatable campaign and process. Yeah. You know, and a lot yeah. of us have a lot of us have something to offer. You know, like I can offer people free exposure on my show. You can offer them some personalized humor from a high credibility source, somebody who does these cartoons for the Wall Street Journal and others, right? You know, Logan Wilkes, I was talking about before with Jeff Rust at Trust, they, they run these CEO events all over. And so they'll like try to figure out, hey, is this person into the theater and I should invite her and her husband, you know, you know, give get tickets for her and her husband to come to something our other people do anyways. Or, or is this guy into golf? Let's invite him to the Pebble Beach event, you know, right? And he's that, that personalization, but... Those are events they were running anyways, and they're tagging people into them, you know, a lot of the times for, for, for a lot of what they're giving. And, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a thousand dollar sword. However, if the clients, you know, if there's a million dollars profit in it for you or two million dollars profit in it for you, maybe you should risk a thousand bucks. Right. Put some yeah, real thought into it. it do yeah. the right thing. Do the right <laughs> version. Uh, I'll tell you one quick sword story while we're on it. I, I uh, wasn't doing thousand dollar swords, but. I'm really into like, I did martial arts all my growing up years. So we went to like an importer and bought like cheap samurai swords. They're real metal swords, but we bought them in bulk for like 30 bucks a sword. Okay. And they're like the ones that retail in the mall for 150 bucks or something. Right. And then we printed in vinyl, our logo and our company was called Katana. So we, we got Katana's samurai swords and we, we printed our logo on there but in the same color ink as the stuff that was already on the scabbard, right? And we got a $50,000 investment from it because this one guy, so we gave those to people, if they put at least 50 grand in, we sent them a sword and they're not, you know, they're expecting like a pen or something, right? Well, this guy in Vancouver gives us 250 grand. We send him a sword. He puts it on display in his living room. He's got a really nice multi-million dollar house. Well, his wow. son who owns a business is like, what are you doing, dad? Da, da, da. And he's like, well, I'll, I should do that too. I should, you know, where'd you get the sword? What's it about? But what's funny is he's like, if I put in 50, I get the sword, right? We're like, yeah, for $50,000, we'll for sure give you a $30 yeah. sword. $30 yeah. <laughs> so that's my version. Um, listen. That's funny. Now, you know, I just realized that. Did, did, so the Harmon brothers, are they part of the trust group? I so the guys, don't. The guys who did the, uh, the tongue cleaner stuff, are they part of the trust group? I'm just, just curious. Uh, Suddenly sort of like. Not that I know of. I'm sure they know each other. And like, you know, there's other guys down here, Devin Super, Supertramp. Yeah, some of these uh, guys are just in, incredibly well on, on YouTube. It, it, it's kind of an ecosystem. It's, it's funny outside of LA, you know, there's not that many places that have like a bunch of ultra successful YouTubers like. Lindsay Sterling is here. She has 2 billion views for her violin videos or whatever, you know, but I know we're almost out of time and I want to hear about the new book and how, how you can grow your business like a weed and grow, expand and dominate. Uh, well, yeah. I'm just about, well, the, the manuscript is due at the end of the month. So it's, and it releases next year, uh, next spring when the weeds are coming out. It's just this book about how to grow your, grow your business like a weed or, or let's say, Growth strategy is inspired by weeds. And we all know what it means to grow like a weed, but but there's no book out, there's never been a book out there or a system out there that I know of that I've seen that is based on what weeds actually do to grow. And they're just incredible. Now, here's the thing, you know, we, we, we're all familiar with dandelions, maybe too familiar. You know, they show up, if they show up on our lawns, you're not, you might notice one, but then you look around, you should look up and you'll realize, oh my, there are hundreds of them already. And Dandelions, they're hard to get rid of, you know, they, they, they're perennial plants. So they live about five or 10 years. And over those five or 10 years, they produce about 15,000 seeds on average. So, you know, they're not going, they're not going away very easily anyway, but those are, those are kind of lightweight weeds. There are some weeds that there's one weed that water, water hemp, it's been invading the, 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 the agricultural fields out there and it produces 4.8 4.8 million seeds per plant, not 15,000 over five years, but 4.8 million every year, every plant does that. If they're not going away, these, these plants are just, they're just incredibly aggressive, I guess. You know, here's the thing. The weird thing is weeds, plants, they don't have brains. But the odd thing is that weeds definitely have a mindset. You know, if you notice that, that they're, I mean, they're 
they're aggressive and resilient and urgent and uh, and I would say optimistic, certainly opportunistic, but even optimistic. So they have a what? They have a mindset. And then they also have this set of tools. Actually, that became the WEEDS as an acronym, the WEEDS. So WEED inspired enterprise expansion and domination strategies, WEEDS. So the WEEDS strategy or the WEEDS model is based on eight levels of strategy from seeds to seed pods and segmentation and thorns all the way down to, to roots and soil. And, and so the funny thing is that I discovered that every weed follows the same formula to, to grow like a weed. And what it is, is they, is they leverage their, the weed mindset and the, the weeds model, I suppose, or, or really it's force. Mul- the, weeds mo- the weeds model produces force multipliers or unfair advantages. So they're leveraging their mindset and unfair advantages against collective scale. They all do that. Every one of them does that. But then the wonderful thing is that every one of them is different and unique and they, Every expression of that of that formula is their own. It's just they're all very unique, but they all follow that same formula. Yeah. Well, yeah. you have to let me know as soon as the book is out, and uh, I'll have to have you come back on and and uh, go through it in more in depth. Well, listen, where where are the best people places for people to connect to you and get copies of the books and learn about the trainings and everything else you do? Sure. Well, so the book the book's available on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, wherever you can buy books. And that's how to get a meeting with anyone. And then you can, you can connect with me on LinkedIn uh, or you can find my author page, stuheinek.com. So that's S-T-U-H-E-I-N-E-C-K-E. And the thing that I would really love to have you do is join us in our, in our online training. So we have, we have a, a course, how to, get, how to get a meeting with anyone, the online course. It just released. I mean, like it just released yesterday. So you can go and join us. You just go to howtogetameeting.com. That's howtogetameeting.com. And, and the really cool thing about this training is that, you know, I started when I put this training together, I didn't want to just review my, just what was written in and how to get a meeting with anyone and get the meeting, my two books on get the meeting and getting meetings. I didn't want to just review that. I do. But what I really wanted to do is activate everybody in the course to become contact marketers themselves. So everybody goes through the same assignment. Everyone has to create their own contact campaign, produce it and test it and share the results by the end of the, so by the sixth week of the, of the course. And the, the, pe- the people that are going through the course, the stuff that they're coming up with is incredible. And the, the success they're having is incredible. I mean, just one of them for his class project ended up creating, well, a, he created a campaign and he connected with and got, got a meeting with the CEO of Bank of America. That's pretty, for a student project, that's pretty, pretty amazing. I love it. Well, this has been great. Congrats on all the success. And let's talk again soon. Thank you so much, Jess. What a pleasure to be on. <laughs> See ya.